I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Well, happy Saturday, everybody. You know, it's, I feel like today is one of those shows where we're waiting for the big news to really come because there's a lot that happens this week. Tonight, Trump is back out in public. He's going to be speaking at um, a, the North Carolina Republican Party gathering of sorts or something. And uh, it will be just gorgeous watching him, um, you know, stick to the teleprompter, say his remarks and make sure that Republicans have a real shot at 2022. I'm kidding. He's actually going to go up there, totally veer off script if there is a script at all, and just lament that uh, Arizona and Georgia and New Hampshire, New Hampshire, a lot of people talk about New Hampshire. He's going to. And then um, at some point, um, he'll. talk about how uh, he was kicked off Facebook. He'll lament about that. And um, and then he'll um, there'll be a, a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth about whether or not he is uh, he is the titular head of the Republican Party or if the Republican Party even exists or if there's two Republican parties or if there's the Trump Party and then there's conservative leaning independence for the next five cycles, which, by the way, is what this continually looks like it's going to be. Now, I have my own theories, and I, as I am wont to do, and uh, it shouldn't come as any surprise that um, I, my opinion of a lot of these, uh, of, of the take that's going around is slightly ajar. It's just slightly a field of what we've, you know, what what's being passed off as kind of the normal what what actually is believed to be the storyline because i myself looked at the voter suppression bills that have hap- been happening since the 6th that have been an absolute nightmare and we got to um, stop this pesky voting oh it's just it's horrifying and in in looking at that knowing how the republican party has been with minority votes for Knowing how they feel about voting in general, as they are the Republican Party, and therefore they believe that we are more of a republic than a democracy, and the idea that we would even have a democracy is up for debate, if you know, if at all. Um, and and in this particular you know situation, um, you've got a, um, I suppose, um, you've got a situation where they think it will help them for. Um, at some point in the near future, um, for them to stop people from voting as much as they possibly can. If, if that's, I mean, that's really the only thing they can count on, you know, that is that, all right, all voting is bad voting. No voting is good. This is all, whatever it is, there's, you know, we're against it. The, the, yeah, and when are they uh, going to make it hard for even their uneducated, goofy Republicans to vote? There you have it. Now, so I and I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, Johnny Million, if you uh, looked at this and went, you know, of all the people that very well may have a hard time <clears throat> voting, um, there's a lot of, um, pardon the vernacular, white trash in that crowd. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of folks in that uh, um, that are. 
Have you seen my birth certificate, Earl? Right, right. Um, there have to deal with, and this will, you know, and we'll we'll discuss this over time. But I have come to the conclusion recently. Um, in my my belief is, and I'm gonna I'm sticking to it, um, is that I think all the voter bill shenanigans are not actually built to stop um, minority voting. Uh, that they are not meant to stop people, uh, Democrats, in minority districts. That's the storyline we've been told. That's the overarching storyline that's in the news almost everywhere about what the Republicans are doing and people are pushing back on it. Is the idea that the Republicans are doing all this. Why are they doing it? They're doing it to stop black people from voting and brown people from voting and all that stuff. I think that is an ancillary aspect of it that they're hoping for. I don't think it's the primary reason that they are doing it. I think the primary reason that they are doing this is because Republicans, thanks to Donald John Trump, do not trust voting anymore. And and if anything points in that direction, it's the fact that um, in the last in this little makeup election they just did in in New Mexico, um, there was a, a like an amazing turn of event. I mean, the Republicans just flat out lost it. They you know they they should have had this. They absolutely should have, um, you know, at least been within shooting distance. It was 60-35 was, you know, the end percentage wise. The Democrat ran away with it. And the biggest reason that the people in that area were saying that the vote went the way it did wasn't that that isn't a more balanced district, that there might not be more Republicans in that district that could have come out and voted. And they just that people don't show up for a special election and they're demoralized after the sixth. The reason is, um, it, uh, across the board, I think that they don't trust voting anymore. Um, that these folks believe um, that uh, that specifically um, what Trump has been saying about the big lie, what Trump has been pretending to believe himself until he fully believed it, because that's also one of the clarifications I would like to make, because two things can also be true. It can be true that um, uh, that Trump absolutely uh, lost it, thought, you know, has lost his mind, thinks in some way that he is going to be um, reinstated, all that stuff. All that stuff can be true. Um, it can also be true that um, that he has um, uh, that the Republican Party themselves knows full well he's lost his mind, knows very well that the, the, the voting ultimately because of the, how the Democrats have their act together, they're going to be able to vote. They're going to like Democrats, people of color in the next election in 2022 and 2024, especially with all these bills built and designed specifically to limit their ability to vote and stop the minority vote and all that. And the news around it. It's one of the best motivators you can possibly give to somebody um, as to why they are, um, you know, essentially why their vote matters, what, you know, they're afraid of your vote. All that storyline, all of that is is the kind of thing as a Dem in a lot of ways that you 
you beg for that kind of turnout. You beg for that these kind of reasons uh, for you know voters to go. They want to stop me from voting. My my vote must really matter. And in the you know in the case of the, you know in Trumpistan around the maggots right now though those people those people do not trust at, at the the essence of voting right now. It's beyond whether they trust any other Republican that might run in Trump's stead or whether or not people are sufficiently loyal or whether the, you know, there's a division between the maggots and Trumpsters and the conservatives and the establishment Republicans. and That's a moot point because a significant enough number of Republicans believe Trump when he says the election's fixed and it, it's all rigged against them. And even if you show, I mean, it's hard enough to get people up off their butts and and getting you know just putting their act together and just going out and actually um, putting the effort in even to just go through one of those like voter books they give you beyond just the you know beyond special elections where there's just one or two people running where you've got judges and you've got issues and all this other stuff because you have to understand they have they can not only if Trump's not running in 2022 and we know he's not and he's certainly not going to be reinstated in August we'll get to that in, after the break of course because that's his new belief point um there is oh in, in, there's a there's a wall up, ironically, I guess, in, in Trump world around voting in general as a concept with his own people, his own party, his own group. That's the amazing part of this is that these laws that they're passing are certainly they're hoping that it will mute Democratic voter turnout next time around. Well, I as a Democrat and everybody else is a Democrat and everybody who uh, is in office right now is going to be there doing their damnedest in terms of get out the vote in the next two cycles, especially and not letting, you know, the energy lag on 2022 because a we've got a hair thin margin in the Senate um, we need to widen our margin in the House if we want to get any meaningful legislation passed as well. And there's still some sort of um, holdover Republicans that could be booted, some straight up QAnons that really will have a hard time in their second run. Again, like Trump, they were an unknown entity. And then now, the, you know, they're gonna, they're running against a record of behavior. Uh, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, that crowd at all. So, and you got to run against those people, and that's part of it. And the Democratic base in 2022, especially as these bills get passed, is going to be motivated to make sure all their T's are crosses, crossed, and their I's are dotted, and their IDs are right. And they, and there will be organizations upon organizations making sure that within the ever narrowing laws that they're setting up, that the Democratic voters will have an opportunity to vote. The problem the Republicans have right now and going forward is that any of the true Trump believers that are out there are 100 percent sold on the elections of fraud. And uh, and, you know, Trump was robbed and it, the fix is in and the fix is in so big you can almost never fix it. It's like a third world country. That's Trump said it himself. That's what you say. And, and the, between Mike Lindell and, and Sidney Powell and Mike Flynn and Donald Trump and and everybody who's playing footsie with them. There's a huge base of the Republican Party that just does not buy into voting. 
And maybe they're hoping that they'll get people up by volume because they'll have the ability to overturn an election if they think it was cattywampus. But that's still no motivation to vote if you're one of these layoffs. Like, I'll leave it up to them. Let me see if they really are sufficiently loyal to Trump and and our side of the party. They'll flip the vote even if it wasn't, uh, even if we didn't win it. This is... This is where they find themselves. And I believe the primary reason for a lot of these voter bills is a PR campaign to convince Republicans, Trump voters, that voting works and you have to still do it next time. And the next year is going to be about, we passed all these laws. It's totally safe. We secured our election and now you can go vote. That's what it's about. We got to take a break. When we come back, I I, honestly, we need to talk about... um, the the Trump getting kicked off Facebook for the next two years and how that's going to I mean, that'll be a right wing talking point like crazy or whatever. But then he, but then he's got a but then he's got a, a parole hearing, I guess, in two years, like you put it. So <laughs> adorable. Uh, we'll be back right after this. It's the House Mark Radio program mega worldwide on WCPT Radio Chicago's progressive talk. This is Tom Hartman, and you're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I think we're back. I think that's me being back. I'm, I'm pretty I sure. I feel back. I feel back. I do, too. Um, so um, there was all this back and forth about, I, I don't, did you ever get a chance, Johnny, in its short-lived life, to take uh, a gander at uh, Donald John Trump's microblogging site? You know, I somehow, I'm well tempted yeah, wanting to hear something from his desk. I I missed it. Hmm. I blinked. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a curious thing. I see. Um, that um, if yeah, if you blinked, you missed it. And he talked, he, uh, you know, many 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 times about just how elegant the site was. About how he could say everything he could say. On, um, you know, on whatever site he wanted to, you know, in this censorship, none. Right. First Amendment. It's all there. Um, And for some reason, um, the let's see. Gotcha. Um, So for some reason, um, he I guess he was under the impression that he was going to be able to just, I guess, start Facebook again. Like it was going to go his way, that this was going to be exactly what he was expecting. And um, and, you know, in this particular instance, you know, it should be it should be as no, uh, you know, it should come as no surprise that um, when you get, you know, when Donald Trump starts a project, it's it's doomed (laughs) to fail. (laughs) Yes. I mean, uh, there's so much like repeatable evidence yes of just mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake it's just brutal and it's i guess um you know in terms of what trump wants to uh you know i start his campaign you know show that he's you know has some value or importance um in terms of uh his, you know, his point in the GOP, why he's actually somebody, um, you know, that they should they can, you know, put their money into. And that's the other thing, too, because these folks are banking, no kidding, on the idea that Trump is the man going into 
Yeah. That this is, uh, there is only one dude, um, and you, and not only do you not put your money into other candidates, you don't put your money into the RNC. If you're a true Trumpistaner, if you if you believe everything that he wants you to believe, um, then you, by God, you give money to him. You don't give it to Kevin McCarthy and let him spread it around to different you know, groups and, and try to help salvage some of this stuff. You don't do any of that. You don't actually build a coalition party. You don't try to reach across. You don't deal with the mansions in your party or the cinemas in your party. You just eject them wholeheartedly and then just focus on the people who, uh, you know, um, think your uh, your tailwind smells like roast beef. And in And in doing so, you guarantee... Um, that a, maybe a third of your party is in absolute mortal danger of losing their career as politicians, going the way of Paul Ryan and John Boehner as quick as possible. It's um, it, and it, it's an extraordinary screw up on Trump's part. It's amazing that the folks that are uh, you know involved in in the party have zero sway with him there there's nothing that they can do to like to turn this around they are you know they've gone down they've kissed his ring they've gone gold they do everything they can to do. they there's even conversations apparently in the last 48 hours about look I know you're going to go down to North Carolina and blather and go off script and all that stuff however could you please, God, not mention that you're going to be reinstated in August? Because that's the belief, man. That's that's yep. he he doesn't just think that. Um, you know, he doesn't just. Which is all the my pillow guy just like riffing, and it turns into something that he believes. Oh, it's a mix too, because uh, this week and the, and the, sort of the end of last week. Um, both Mike, you know, Mike Pillow was on Bannon's show all the time. And that's what that's, you know, there's a lot of audience of one shows right now. All of Newsmax, OANs for sure. And then Steve Bannon's podcast. And that's all Trump does is just sit there covered in, you know, like Cheeto crumbs. Well, you know, with a remote in his hand that's got Fox and CNN on one big TV and then, a, you know, on a laptop or something else that he's watching it on right in, you know, in front of him. Um, that's what, you know, he watches the stuff that likes him on. So he's same way that he has a, an absolute, he detests, he despises, he hates the, 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 the fake news media that he also begs for their attention at every turn that, um, you know, in this particular instance, um, he looks at CNN and Fox up on the big TV set and looks at the pitiful little networks he finds himself on and is just constantly grinding on this thing. And he's convinced if there's, if there, you know, that at some point magic's going to happen 
and it's going to be thrown his way. Now, the problem he has, and there's a few problems. There's obviously multiple, a multitude yeah. of problems. And by the way, welcome everybody who's joining the, the the stream on Twitch and everywhere else as we've gone live. There was some issues with the stream, and it's a little choppy, but we're getting up and running. Was all I'm saying. Okay. There's a lot of lot of software stuff I've been doing in the background, if you can't tell, um, to make stuff work. But we should be um, getting live now. Um, that that Trump, while he decries the big tech and big media it's all he's ever cared about he only cares about the big stuff he only cares about um the you know the real networks there's nothing about you know trump that says it's that oan is enough for him that that's a sign of that's that's the kind of Can you network me, what you does want oan stand for again one america network I'm news fair. network oh it's technically oann one america news network but there's a one america okay. network that's the overarching network of them and um, and thanks everybody for joining us in the chat room i see you guys um, and i apologize for the delay it just all, I ran through three pieces of software and they all crashed. So this was this is me getting it on the air live while we're going. Um, but while Trump derides um, big tech, big media, you know, the mainstream media, all that stuff, he begs for its attention. He has no interest. He can't not. No, he can't. And I and and on a personal level, I get it. I, you know, I, I get it. I mean, you, you, you want to be on the big dogs. You don't want to be, you know, kind of feel like you're on the leftover network, you know, and that's where he is. Like, if you see where he's giving his uh, his interviews right now, he recognizes these are the uh, this, these are the only people that are coming knocking. And eventually, if you don't start saying yes to that stuff, n- nobody's going to come knocking anymore. Nobody cares. And that's that's the amazing part to me in all this is that he's lost his Facebook page for the next two years. And this is um, so for those of you who don't know, this was just announced yesterday. I imagine most people do. Uh, thank you, Hal Vickery, and welcome for flight insurance in case you crash again. Thank you. I might need it. Yes. Um, Facebook said on Friday that Donald J. Trump's suspension from the service would last at least two years. Keeping the former president off. Yeah. So he'll get a review in January of 2023 with the idea being that What's you can you going to be like, have you been an a-hole? What have you been doing? What did you say? What do you? OK. Now, look, when three weeks ago, when you said you're, you're the shadow president and you did it with a paper hat in a restaurant and Mike Flynn um, said we all need assault rifles and we all need to head down to the courthouse to shoot us some revenueers. Were you kidding? What was that about? You guys. Jokes. These are jokes. Oh, yeah, these are jokes, right? These are the silliness. So um, <laughs> there is a uh, I, I don't know what the turning point is. I do not know what the the pickup will be that they go, you know what? OK, this is fine. Other than him being effectively neutered politically and, and completely harmless. Someone else. Uh, I'll tell you what the difference will be. Someone else has to overpoweringly yes. win the Republican, you know, like primary race before it even gets off the ground. Somebody yeah, has to be have to out Trump. And that's right. And and if he's, you know, he continues covid braining his way through this and dealing with his 
you know, weird need to lie about the election. For a second, um, I thought you were going to say weird knees, which I bet he has. Yeah, probably. I don't. I don't want to see them. Neither do you. Um, uh, you know, like this is where we all praise the how the opaqueness of slacks. Um, but I will say this, um, and we're going to take a break real quick. The his craving of this, and that's and that's what tonight will be about for him. And then heading off at the past, the fact that Don McGahn testified. His attorney, Trump's former attorney, after fighting in a subpoena for two years, finally sat down in front of the Congress and had to, under oath, testify. Now, he did it in private, but the transcript's going to come out next Friday. You know, that was the agreement the Republicans would get for when they timed it. We'll do it Friday night so that the news dump is the following week and it'll happen late on Friday night. Well, that does may it hurt. It doesn't matter anymore. With the it, does for, it does for regular nightly news. But it certainly doesn't okay. for us. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. You're listening to House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. All right. I think we are uh, streaming. We're a little choppy, but I'm I'm working on this. The the software I normally use finally came back online and then everything's, you know, like, hey, it works. No, it doesn't. It's like it's this tug and pull. It just happens. But that said, we we sound just fine in Chicago, I hope. And everything's going well in that regard. And I um, and, you know, this this is why I blame big tech for all my problems. Um, Yes, I'm 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 it's not that um, I I'm dealing with the limitations of technology and the reality of actually doing all this stuff. It's that I'm being censored, but only certain frames are being censored. They're just cutting out certain, I'm not choppy, just, you know, Facebook and all these other sites are just cutting out the really good stuff. So over the last, you know, what, what I guess three months, especially Trump has transitioned into being a microblogger, and then he's shelved that, pushed it to the back. And now he's, He's ready to it, basically it was an embarrassing failure. The reason they shelved it is not it was on two fronts. One, he thought he was going to go back to Facebook and, and everybody knew that wasn't going to happen. But also the the analytics on it were hilarious. I mean, they looked like um, uh, they look like Bitcoin will look when people realize it's on hard drives and anything can happen. Um, and I just, it's good. Just a, when something just it looks like stocks. During the beginning of the pandemic under Trump, everything just goes off a cliff, right? Everything just yeah. takes a crap. And and so it shouldn't be surprising that he is pretending not to know it. Basically, his blog is still up and he still issues statements. But basically, it, it's probably a Democrat used to get him coffee. That's that's where he is. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that mm-hmm. the answer for everything? So over the course of you know the last three months, this is what he was going to do, right? Um, and he's, and now, um, he is doing tonight. He's doing this, this thing at the North Carolina Republican party, uh, gathering. And according to, I think it was it Michael Steele who said this. I want to, um, uh, no, yeah, no, it was a different one. Um, one of the other Republicans who worked there, the reason they say the reason 
that he is doing this Republican National Committee gathering tonight instead of launching a rally right away is because he's afraid no one will show up to the rally because they've and believe me, they've been focusing focus grouping this stuff there. He's he's got maggots. He's got all your money and he's got some people um buying him failure insurance okay and there's a couple of ways they're doing that they're testing the places where he can go and and fill you know uh where they think they could fill an entire auditorium without being booed half the time because that's a fear because now he doesn't have he doesn't have the massive nature of the secret service he's got secret service protection but he's not going to have them running basically the rally for him like it's a camp you know he's got to pay campaign people to do that if he's going to do it as an actual campaign event and I, I have no doubt yeah, about that. So, like, with the Secret Service detail, I mean, he used to have, like, a lot of Secret Service. So now when mm-hmm. he has a rally, like, like how many people are around? Uh, I, I mean, I think it's probably somewhere in the order of 10 is freshly off there. So, you know, it dwindles after a while, if, you know, and vacillates based on threat. But the reality is, is he's he's he knows this stuff is not working. I mean, he knows when he, when you, you know, when Chanel Rion from OAN is the only person you can get to interview you in your office in New York, when you're in New York, you're not going on camera at Fox. You're not going on camera at CNN or MSNBC. Yeah. And that's the only one you turn out. And it's the only one that will give you basically the interview where you get to pick the questions. That's really where that comes from, because that's what you do when you're doing damage control and his entire this is a damage control parade in the same way that I personally believe that the Republicans push for, you know, voter suppression, these, you know, election security bills that they're pushing. I know we want to think it's all about us. I know we want to think it's all about Democrats and them stopping Democrats from voting and stopping us from winning seats and stopping. And I am here to tell you that they're, they are, their hair, they're pulling their hair out over, the, what the voting is going to look like in 2022 right now. If you look at how the polls are going, who feels committed to voting, who's actually going to show up, who will vote for anybody aligned with Trump in those things. So you're going to have a, even if you have a third of the party split off into this conservative independent crowd, which was largely what happened post George Bush after the Iraq and Afghanistan wars and his handling of 9-11 and mission accomplished and all that kind of stuff, that after that happened, that was one of the things that allowed Barack Obama to be elected as a first time senator and, you know, as one of the, you know, the youngest president in history. One of the reasons that happened was because the guy before screwed the pooch so bad and yep. and and and. In a lot of ways, Trump is the more Trump picks on Biden for being, you know, old and doddering and forgetful and what have you, the more he points to pick that battle. It's such a bad idea. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, and also all it does is continually point to the fact that, uh, wait, he's the worst candidate ever. He can't put a sentence together. He's got dementia and you lost to him by seven million votes. So the what 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 chance do you have for any type of you know, political comeback, unless it's the whole thing's a fraud. I actually want this. is You have to understand, not only is this Trump's, you know, perceived path back to some sort of political clout and power, it is the only path. There is no way home for Trump in terms of having political worth again, if 
the uh, the election was sound and he lost fair and square because everything he has set up and the last year of his presidency would point any sane person away from even considering him for to give them a lift to the airport for fear of their own safety um because no you know i mean that's obviously as a bad analogy because he can't drive but um I, I don't know that he has a driver's license i don't know that he's ever had one I know, I know yeah, Biden that's kind wanted of a New York thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, right. But it's also a rich boy New York thing where, I mean, he doesn't, he's not always there. He's got a resort down in Florida. He's got, this was all happening at the same time. New Yorkers, you know, permanent New Yorkers, I understand why they don't drive. You know what I mean? But somebody who, you know, travels a lot, spent, goes all over the world, is an argument there. You know what I'm saying? That you would pick it up somewhere for that reason, even if only just to the adventure travel part of being a rich person. Um, so that aside, Trump is hanging, you know, everybody feels like it's it, Trump is hanging everything he has on the idea that the election was stolen. Well, I'm here to tell you that's his only option. Yeah. There is no there there. There is, unless he can convince a vast majority of Republicans that it was stolen and that he should have won. And either he feels like in his magical worldview, he gets reinstated in August, not happening, not a, not even an issue. I'm like, don't even lose any, don't even sweat or fret about the idea that he's pushing this terrible thing. Cause it's a, it's such a magnificent joke. It doesn't matter. But the, the, again, I don't care if a, giant swath of Republicans don't trust elections for the next 10 years. That that just helps my political goals. It might even bring some even keeled Republicans to the table in states that aren't going to elect Democrats anymore. Right. Because because in the primaries, it's usually the activist class that in a lot of ways that picks who's going to be running not the average run-of-the-mill voter. And in Trump's case, if that, that was his people, right? That, those were, they were picking the Marjorie Taylor Greens. They were picking the, you know, these kind of like QAnon-level Republicans because who was showing up at the primaries for these things and voting for the candidate that, was, that showed the most fealty to Donald Trump, that supported his views and ideas and his plans and would vote with him 110% of the time, um, and so they picked the people that got in. Well, those are the very people right now that are the most disenfranchised by the idea that Trump lo- uh, you know, lost and couldn't have possibly lost. He couldn't have possibly. It must have been rigged. I mean, our votes go to China and they go to Germany and they go to Ireland and all this stuff. Like, how do you how do you motivate those folks to not show up for just a general election, but to show up for a primary I mean, talk about like just futility upon futility. If you genuinely believe that, what a what a horrifying, horrifying um, circumstance Republicans find themselves in. Now it's a bed they made themselves, and they got to sleep in it. That's yep. not my problem. Again, I'm not upset about any of this. I'm just, uh, you know, uh, a I'm not surprised that um, that they are chasing this guy around. And where he is taking them is the absolute edge of lunacy. You know, he, but, but in his. And there's so many think pieces about it. Like, oh, now what? Now what? Now nothing. They know it's happening. Right. They like, and Trump knows it's happening. And he's, and it's one of the reasons why he's, you know, he's going to these embarrassing places. 
And, you know, he's going to, uh, instead of having a rally, he's going to a, a North Carolina Republican convention gathering thing to pick who's going to run. Like, no one cares. It's state politics. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. If, if Man, if, if former presidents started showing up regularly driving the national level attention to the party convention kind of things in general, it'd be worthwhile. But in his case, it's just a, a fall off a steep publicity cliff. And that's the only place that, you know, where he's caught. So he wants CNN and Fox. He's getting OAN. He wants big rallies like he had. He's talking to the North Carolina Republican Party. He wants you know, uh, Facebook and his Twitter followers back and he's got rumble and, uh, and he's not even on gab parlor or telegram, right? There are people carrying his micro blog to it, but here's, and we got, we have to take a break, but here's the one thing that I want to remind you that is the primary factor in all of those things. The biggest aspect of all those things, Trump's problems with social media, Trump's problems with getting interviews and falling through the cracks digitally, um, Trump's problem with having any clout within the party that has any meaningful legs to it, is that the Biden administration is being incredibly successful at fielding multiple challenges that are very daunting, and they are chipping away at each of them. And all of them sound infuriatingly normal. Yeah. How are we going to how are we going to get our Afghan allies out when we're going to get out of Afghanistan by September 11th is the goal. And we got a lot of people over there that might be in danger that have helped us during, you know, the conflict there. We need to bring them in as asylum seekers into the country. And that's got to be expedited. That's a problem. The the State Department, the White House are dealing with right now. That sounds pretty darn normal. That's a problem that should have been dealt with over the last two years. It was one of the reasons why Trump couldn't get out when he wanted to get out, because that's part of the process. He'd set this May date. They extended it to September so that they could get these folks out and they will be bringing them over somewhere in the order of 113,000 people will be brought out of Afghanistan. There are families and people who helped us um, fight the Taliban who would be murdered for doing so. We're moving them over here. That's part of the process. That's why September 11th. That's why it's a slog. That's why it's difficult. It's not because of soldiers on the ground. You have to deal with it. That's part of it. The other reason, the unemployment went, went, fell uh, to 5.8. It was supposed to say 6.1. And it was successful. It, it went down further. And even the news is running with, well, there should have been more jobs added. But... It's because you didn't add jobs. People went back to the jobs they had. It's not the same metric used during normal recessions and that kind of stuff. It's a totally different thing. So we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. You can also go to Fwank.com, F-W-A-N-Q. Oh, yeah. Fwank. Um, it's not quite Frank speech, the Mike Lindell thing, but it's the next best thing. Fwank. Spelled with a Q and a W, um, you know, uh, and we're doing a heck of a job over there. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll be back right, right after on this. Brownie. <laughs> yeah, heck of a job. Heck of a job, Brown Noser. I will never get old. No, it won't. Now let's get back to the Hell Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Hey, listen. <laughs> yeah. 
Fantastic. That's that's the hardest Chicago accent we've had pulling into our show in yeah, a long time. That's intense. That's fantastic. I haven't not since Dennis Franz on NYPD Blue. Um, a lot of people thought he had a New York accent. That's adorable. Can we can we swing by Portillo's? Get some gotta, cheese fries. Gotta after I, after we go to Homer's for old time's sake. So um, oh, Homer's. oh Homer's so romantic. Um, so, uh, the, the, just so you know, the unemployment, uh, numbers, um, uh, unexpectedly dropped, um, from, uh, to 5.8. Um, and the, and the Biden administration is saying September seems like a good time to sunset the extended UI benefits. Now, obviously there's enough money in the till as the dwindling numbers of people on unemployment insurance, move into extensions where they haven't activated what they got. Cause n- not everybody, by the way, is taking their UI right now. And in some of the States that have gotten extensions, even though the, ex- the extra benefits extend through there, you've got more money in that UI account. So a lot of people, if they lose their job or transition over the summer or what have you, they'll have more into the fall and into Christmas protecting them. So it will kind of boost black Friday, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of, you know, fed finagling behind the, you know, the background, but, um, the, you know, the federal unemployment benefits that, you know, like obviously Republican states are cutting these at a, you know, at a high rate because they, they're of the belief that it is making people lazy. Um, is it making people, it's making your voters lazy. If it's anyone. Yeah. I, well, I mean, obviously we'll get into some of the, um, why the Republicans seem to need to fight back against things like infrastructure and even make it. Um, I, I feel a little silly saying why the Republicans make something like infrastructure even uh, partisan, but they made masks partisan. I mean, we and we'll talk about some of the Fauci emails as well. I don't know if you caught any of that uh, hilarity, yeah. but in a desperate attempt to, you know, rest the the party from Donald Trump. Rand Paul is throwing himself in front of every COVID bus he possibly can. And um, this is, by the way, um, this is from the article we were talking about uh, right before the break um, and from the New York Times with Maggie Haberman and Annie Carney. Um, uh, the, let's see. Donald Trump, the former president of the United States, commutes to New York City from his New Jersey golf club to work out of his office in Trump Tower at least once a week, slipping in and out of Manhattan without attracting much attention, or quite frankly, deserving it. These are all my asides. <laughs> the, the place isn't as he left it. Many of his longtime employees are gone, so are most of the family members who once worked there with him, and some of the fixtures of the place, like his former lawyer Michael D. Cohen, who have since turned on him. Mr. Trump, uh, Mr. Trump works there mostly alone with two assistants and a few body men. Um, yeah. I mean, this is this is the book, folks. This and remember when I was kind of joking about him, Howard Hughesing himself after the election. Right. I'm just it's saying no joke anymore. No, it isn't. So his political operation has also dwindled to a ragtag team of former advisors who are still on his payroll, reminiscent of the bare bones cast characters that helped lift the political neophyte to his unlikely victory in 2016. Most of them go days or weeks without interacting with Mr. Trump in person. That certainly makes work easier, I suppose. 
But as he heads to the North Carolina Republican Convention on Saturday night in what is billed as the resumption of rallies and speeches, Mr. Trump is both a diminished figure and an oversized presence in American life, with a remarkable and may say dangerous hold on his party. Even without his favored megaphones and the trappings of office, Mr. Trump looms over the political landscape, animated by the lie that he won the 2020 election and his own fury over his defeat. And unlike others with a grievance, he's been able to impose his anger and preferred vision of reality on a substantial slice of the American electorate, with the potential to influence the nation's politics and weaken faith in its elections for years to come. Again, I don't have a problem with this. I, um, uh, Ophelia Payne, thank you uh, for the uh, super chat. Um, I, I would like to say to uh, maggots, Trumpsters, Republicans out there, um, I, unlike your former, uh, your current hero and former president, um, I guess current president because you still believe he is, um, I want you to vote. I do. I want you to yeah. trust that your vote counts. I want you to be participating in our elections. I want everybody in this country to vote every election. It's meaningful. It matters. You, you, you want to make ch- your choices um, like an adult, you want to pick the best possible choice in front of you instead of going lesser of two evils. I don't care. Flip a coin. Like you, you treat it like the adult decision. It is treat it like you're putting your you have the choice to put your child into a car driven by one of two people. Um, make that decision wisely, right? So um, thank you, Lauren. Um, so th- I I need you to know. That even though I detest some of your political ideas and I am horrified at your justification for some of those ideas. And I also uh, don't believe that your plans, when they are even, you know, I guess, dreamt up within the think tanks that you, you know, like you believe in, like Heritage Foundation and Koch Brothers and all that kind of stuff. I don't not only do I think they're awful, but I also think they're they wouldn't work the way you wanted them to even if they they weren't awful <laughs> they they're they're ineffective they create more problems you're bad at governing you don't want to do it i don't even know why you run most republicans run like government can't do anything right elect me so i can prove it yeah. um it's the weirdest sales pitch in the world um Lupe says that there's 22 QAnon people running for Congress in their area. Yeah. Well, with unless Trump can motivate the, his base to come out and support those folks, they haven't got a shot. And those are the very people Trump is turning away. Um, so let's see. Uh, and unlike others, um, still blocked from Twitter and Facebook. Uh, yeah. Uh, even after the article's written. He struggled to find a way to influence news coverage since leaving office and promote the fabrication of the 2020 election was stolen from him. Some party leaders, like Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, are pretending he doesn't exist anymore while being deferential when Mr. Trump cannot be ignored. So they basically just go, oh, we're going to block everything that Biden does, but that's opposite of what Trump would do. Um, Others, like Rick Scott of Florida, have carry, uh, tried to curry favor by presenting Mr. Trump with made-up awards to flatter his ego. That was the bowl that he brought him. And keep him engaged in helping Senate Republicans recapture a majority. Oh, yeah, just they gave him a, 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 a candy dish. I don't know. In case he decides to do Miss Teen USA again. 
And um, barf. Michael Beschloss, uh, who we love and uh, many people know him on MSNBC as a presidential historian, said Trump had defied the model of ex-presidents who lose an election and tend to fade away. And, uh, and the experience of Richard Nixon, who was treated like a pariah in the way Trump has managed to avoid. I mean, it's he lives in a different era, too, because social media is such that everybody exists. And we spend so much time. Um, the the. The most worrisome aspect, I would say, of social media, and this happens to both sides of the aisle, is the um, odd need to rehab awful people constantly, but destroy imperfect good people because of minor shifts. Um, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. But I, I, this tonight's going to be hilarious. I have no doubt. I will more than likely stream it on Monday. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. People say puffiness and under eye bags are the hardest things to get rid of. Till now, introducing Genucel Plant Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Genucel is incredibly powerful natural serum. They guarantee you'll see results in as little as twelve hours or your money back. Listeners see a dramatic improvement in just two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, Genucel contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, Genucel uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity with brilliant long-term results. Save big right now on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie, promo code Stephanie at checkout for an extra 10% off. That is lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. You'll also get the amazing Zotique Deep Correcting Serum free when you order the most popular package today chamonix the best skincare best results are your money back lovegenucel.com slash stephanie that is lovegenucel.com slash stephanie that code is stephanie welcome back to the hal sparks radio program mega worldwide it's now time for the happy ending yay absolutely and we got a couple of callers on the line eo's been waiting uh, electric outcast from our chat room how are you eo hope you're well let's bring him on first then we got one more caller after that uh are you there? What's up? Hi, how are you? How you doing? How's the new job? Everybody's good? You, you holding it together? Life, you, are you getting back out? I'm back in school, but I did get my first vaccine. All right. Yay. Which one? And it's Team Pfizer, bitches. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, there we go. We're, he's in uh, Team Pfizer, so you know. Um, I am as well. Uh, Johnny, I think you are as well. Or did you get, you got Pfizer. No, I'm a Moderna no, you got, guy. Oh, the Moderna, right. Yeah, Mizzy and the Hizzy, right. He's a Motang clan fan, um, which is cool. Um, any 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 side effects? Any Did it lay you out for a day, or did you just get a little, like, sore arm like I did? Yeah, mostly the sore arm, but... Um, yeah. But here's the, here's the real experience that I had. It was, it happened after the fact, so... Mm-hmm. As a as a proud Patreon member, I am also a mm-hmm. member of your private Discord, and yes. so I was sharing the news of not only to your server that I got my first shot, but I was also sharing the news to other servers. And the other servers, they were fifty fifty, like you would expect. You know, some people were right. pro vaccine, some sure. people were anti vaccine. Well, yep. one particular Discord server that I was that I'm a part of. Um, one of them shared this um, this meme from Wayne's World, where you remember the scene where Wayne and Garth were carrying out those backstage passes to meet Alice Cooper? Yes. Well, somebody posted this meme. People with vaccine cards be like, 
Thank oh, you right. Yeah, sure. Backstage passes. Yeah. So, and I responded and everybody else throwing a fit because they think it's political correctness. Well, one of well, one of the moderators in that chat room says, or your cybersecurity resource is freaking out about privacy laws and HIPAA violations. Well, you know, if people want to give away their freedoms, that's their right. My medical information is mine, and I'm not hand, handing it out unprotected. And she also thinks... Yeah, but it's a va- Yeah, but, it, but it, there's like, like, if you travel to other countries... Um, to fly there, sometimes you need you, you need to have been vaccinated to go to some places. You, like this is not this is not whether or not you've had the disease. Quite frankly, the only information about your medical history um, is whether you have natural immunity. Technically, because it means you've you've had this disease and you may have some of the ongoing issues that come from it. That would be the judgment part of it. So saying you have herd immunity, like Rand Paul likes to do, would also say to people maybe, you know, five years down the road, like, all right, during my interviews, I might need to watch for COVID brain with this one because there's a chance that he might have had the ancillary effects. Will he, does he have a depleted immune system because they found out five years later that people who got it naturally got it like chickenpox and then ended up getting a version of like, uh, shingles in their lungs when it came back later because they didn't get the vaccine and then we lose an employee and I've got a question right like that's your whether you've been vaccinated or not is not the HIPAA level protection that we're talking about and I and people do that stuff all the time it's it blows my mind because your kids need a vaccine card to go to school letting people you've been vaccinated for measles doesn't tell people whether or not you are genetically predisposed to have measles poorly or genetically predisposed to not have it at all or or fight it off really easily none of that it doesn't tell your medical history it just tells your your vaccine record it's kind of amazing so um yeah yeah, go ahead so uh one more thing before i go so uh some of those discord servers that i mentioned um they do not allow any political talk whatsoever so I sure. do my best to follow those rules, and to stretch. And with the same the same server that I was part of, that where that lady made her rant, she wanted that she told me to not talk about politics, and I was like, I wasn't even trying to talk politics. All I was doing was trying to share that I got my first vaccine. I wasn't even going right. to get into the political debate over any of this. Right. And that, it, making it and on her end, that would be making it political. She was the one who made it political. It shouldn't be a political thing. You know what I mean? It's like saying I like wearing, you know, I don't like wearing sandals to the beach. You know, like, who cares? You know what I mean? It's as political as that. But go ahead. Yeah, I got it. It got me thinking. And it, and I want to ask you this question. Like, are people just too afraid or too scared to talk politics anymore? Because I think that's what, aside from you and me, not being afraid. They're just regular people out there that are just too scared to talk politics because we're just too grounded in our beliefs that we're not willing to listen anymore. I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, uh, and, and I appreciate it. Let me get to, uh, I'll get to the next call on that EO and I'll answer it. Uh, but um, I would say that I don't think people fear politics or the discussion of politics. I think they fear the more violent and and uh, visceral reactions that they get from people when they talk about politics. It's not the discussion about it that scares anybody. It's the activist class jumping on everybody if they don't speak the jargon, if they don't operate within the parameters. That's what people fear. 
And that's quite frankly why a lot of people don't discuss, you know, um, you know, politics or religion at the dinner table and the like is because it kicks you into your your activist class behavior. And like I said, I don't necessarily believe I'm, I've lost my belief in the, the concept of left and right. I think they're kind of rudimentary concepts, especially since there are no uh, if, if the left is communism and the right is uh, Wild West libertarianism at their most extremes you know, or Ayn Randy and stuff, that doesn't exist in a functional world anywhere. So the, what people deride as the center is really planet Earth. And these people are talking to you from moon base a-hole. They live in a totally different environment, and therefore they're judging you based on their environment, not yours. And so a lot of people, I think, react to that that way. We've got a couple minutes left, and I want to make sure Pat gets their uh, statement in. So is Pat still on the line with us? Yes. Yes, sir. I'm still Okay, great. How are you, Al? Hey, uh, I'm good. Go ahead. I'm, I'm calling you from Houston. I'm living, living blue and red state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm calling about is I was just reading an article that Trump might run as a congressional candidate. And then out of no. McCarthy. You don't think so? No. Now, what they were talking about, I know what you're talking about. What they're referencing is, is that you don't have to be a, sit, a sitting member of Congress to be Speaker of the House. So what they they were toying with the idea that Republicans, if they took control of the House, they could vote Trump in as the Speaker of the House. And then he would wrest control away from Biden and ruin his legacy and blah, blah, blah. That's they've been floating that. Um, I think that concept is hilarious and beautiful. And the more Trump talks about it, the more pitiful he looks. Um, but that they were floating that around. Like I heard that in December, the first week of December, you do not have to be a member of Congress to be Speaker of the House. They, you know, the majority can vote you in as being that representative because you're a gaveler. You basically just make a schedule. So you don't have to be an elected representative like that kind of thing. And so it's like you're technically the presiding person over the Senate is the vice president in the case of a tie. That means that they're technically the presiding member Mr. That's why they say Madam President and yada yada. That it not miss the senator from Summa Summa. You, if even if you're sitting in that role, you're not there as your senator, and therefore you don't have to be. And it's someone else can represent that role because you're gabbling that out. So it, it, it's it's not going to happen. Just so you know. I mean, I love them talking about it. That's hilarious. And imagine again, he wants the White House. He's they're talking about Speaker of the House. He wants CNN and Fox News. He's got OAN and Newsmax. He wants big tech to love him through Facebook and Twitter and all those dollars back. And he's on his son's on Rumble and selling cameo videos. And he's a microblogger. Um, this is the Trump business model. Um, and, and it's quite frankly not original. It's the business model of a lot of second generation rich kids who glommed off their father or their mother's empire and just ran it into the ground. There is no there there. He has none of the skills. They sent him off to Horton, and he was terrible. He he sent his kids to Penn. They didn't come out any smarter. I mean, it's a grifter class, and and they basically just need, you know, the way they got what they wanted was to, you know, beg at the foot of dad, and they, that's what they pass on to their kids. Not an education, not a function. That's how they do it. 
Um, but I'm, next week, I look forward, uh, if you guys will join us, we're going to go through Don McGahn's testimony. If I can get it on Friday night, I'll be very excited. I'll be up all night reading it. I have no doubt the transcript from that will be fantastic. And, and of course, on my stream, either late tonight or Monday, depending on when I have it available, and I'll let you guys know online, more than likely it'll be Monday, I will be doing Trump's speech tonight for the North Carolina Republican Party, because um, it will be hilarity. Um, see you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you for becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash Hal Sparks. Uh, subscribing at fwank.com, F-W-A-N-Q.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Johnny Million. Love you. <laughs>